Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Our good friend and former Liberal Member of Parliament, Dan McTague, the Chief Petroleum Analyst at GasBuddy.com. But I'm going to talk about something else first. And Dan, do you mind if I drag you into this? You don't know what it is, but... Mm. So, I, I, just, I arrived at the radio station about an hour ago. And we're at a busy intersection in Hamilton. And there's a, a man, maybe in his early 30s, wrapped in a, in a blanket with all, everything that he owns is sort of beside him and uh, stacked beside him. It's cold. And it's probably minus 15 as far as the temperature is concerned and the wind chill maybe bring it down to minus 25 or worse. And there are people stopping to talk to this to this young man because they're clearly concerned. And uh, I've talked to him. He's, he's, he's been in this area for a period of time. He shows up and then he's gone and he comes back. And uh, at Christmas time, I, I gave him a little Christmas gift and he started to cry. And I, I felt a connection to, to him and I've been concerned about him, worried about him. Uh, for all I know, he's a Canadian military veteran. I, I don't know. But the sad thing is that when I got into the radio station, I, I called 911 and uh, said, you know, I'm very concerned this, this, this man may die in this cold. And I'm guessing he's been there all night. And they put me through to the uh, police department and the police dispatcher, 911 dispatcher, said, well, we've sent officers over before and he's refusing help, so the officers leave. This is just so troubling, so disturbing, it's infuriating. McMaster Hospital, which is one of the best hospitals in this country, is literally two minutes down the road. Two minutes. But the Supreme Court of Canada, and you will know this, you were a member of Parliament at the time the decision was made, decided that uh, if anyone can refuse assistance, even if they are uh, perhaps not competent, to understand the significance of the decision they're making, i.e., you could die if you don't accept help to get you out of this cold. I've just been been talking to people, uh, our entire crew on this program have been talking to them. Uh, it, it's, it's so disturbing. And I can't start the show without saying, not in Canada. This should not be happening in Canada. I get individual rights. I understand that you have the right to, 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 to decide not to accept help. But we're, t- we're telling people not to take their dogs outside today, and yet this, this man is sitting out there hour after hour. Don't know, Dan. Don't know. Yeah, it's, a, it's a very tough one. And, I, you know, again, what happened last night, thank you for what you did and uh, the time you took to do it. Uh, and, of course, police are hamstrung in what they can do. You can't force somebody to do the right thing. But I, I sense that if uh, there is limitations to that, that if someone is about to do harm to themselves, and we do have, uh, I think, a vicarious right to prevent that harm from happening, even if it's inflicted on the person. And the theory runs that if you, if, if someone is not of sound mind uh, in that kind of circumstance, and it would appear anybody who wants to freeze to death, no one wants that, but a, a, a normal, reasonable person would not want to do that. I think it would certainly be incumbent on uh, the permission to, to give authorities the right to prevent that person from doing greater harm. 
But again, uh, I'm sure there's probably some technical reason for that, and uh, one has probably interpreted the charter 15 times over in order to come to that decision, uh, which of course creates a great deal of anxiety for all of us, and uh, perhaps another example of where uh, many of us would uh, would, would certainly question uh, in this kind of instance, not that it's applied to other circumstances, but in this kind of instance, intervention is certainly warranted. This is happening probably over and over and over and over in southern Ontario today because of the wretched cold. And and I, I just, just as a human being, we get caught up in, up in decisions made by courts about someone's right to, to refuse help. Anyone with, with a modicum of, of um, common sense and decency and caring would look at that situation and say, this man is in trouble. There are people stopping their cars, pulling into our station parking lot, going and talking to him. There was one woman with her arms around him. Yeah. Uh, people, people driving by care, but our system says no. No. Yeah, and I think that's where, of course, uh, you know, decisions made in the cut and thrust of, uh, you know, uh, of legal decisions uh, made uh, without, you know, due regard to the specific case, uh, I think recognizes that there are limitations to what ought to be uh, given a sound public policy. And, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, know, I just wanted to, I, I just felt compelled to talk about this. And I'm going to be speaking with Joe Warmington from the Toronto Sun later in the show because the city of Toronto has uh, issued uh, orders to the homeless to take down their 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 shelters, uh, or they'll or the city will do it for them. And it's it's terribly terribly cold, and it's very very concerning. And these are human beings, and they're my fellow Canadians. And I'll be damned if I can if I'm not going to say anything about it. Good for you, Ryan. So anyway. Let's you and I talk about what we were going to talk about. There was a tweet by Catherine McKenna, the cheerleader for uh, carbon tax. She's the, the tweets are really like cheerleading. When I read the minister's tweets, they really are like cheerleading the carbon tax. But she tweeted the other day, we're making life more affordable. This year, families in Manitoba, New Brunswick, Ontario, and Saskatchewan are receiving even more support, all while taking climate action. And you replied, <laughs> "Yeah, sun rises in the west and settles in the east." <laughs> uh, no, I mean clearly the minister is uh, prevaricating. Uh, doesn't know what she's talking about and has no concept of the direct and indirect impacts of what we're eventually people will, will pay. Uh, they have a you know a cookie cutter size fits all five three hundred seven dollars for the average family. Let me, before I do anything, Roy, let me put my cards on the table here. I was responsible for two federal energy rebates. No member of parliament prior to me did it. No member of parliament since have done it. Of course, in this day and age, and certainly with this government, members of parliament uh, are rarely seen and rarely heard, uh, except those who follow uh, the dictums of the prime minister's office. Uh, a little odd. You want a representative to speak for you from time to time on occasion and can't. That aside, the reality is that what she has proposed or what they have proposed will fall short in, for many Canadians. Those who use a little bit more fuel uh, do what I do, taking my daughters uh, into uh, the uh, St. Catharines uh, hockey tournament that they were at yesterday. I will use more fuel uh, doing something like that. Uh, my, the cost of my groceries, the diesel prices going up, uh, all of these things will impact us far more on a day like today. Uh, extreme cold. 
uh, it means we'll be using more natural gas, more propane, more uh, furnace oil. Does that take into account the sort of bell curve average that the government is throwing out there, $307? If I'm using 100 litres a week, uh, whether it's for my business, my work, uh, myself, or my my wife, um, then you know clearly at five cents a liter uh, of an additional uh, amount that works out to uh, an additional seven or eight dollars a week. Uh, that's going to probably cost me at the end of the year three to four hundred dollars. So on gasoline alone, I'm, I'm sunk. Now I don't take into account uh, the cost uh, to municipalities of busing their children, of uh, clearing the snow, uh, of uh, public transit. All these things move by diesel, which has a much higher tax. In this case, in Ontario, six cents a liter. Uh, that will be passed on uh, in the course of business to everybody. So that will be not only inflationary, but it will mean that surprise, surprise, lo and behold, the cost of just put everything will go up as a result. And that three hundred and seven dollars simply will not cut it. It certainly won't cover it. And so it is a you know it is beyond belief that you have a federal minister. Uh, of any cabinet making those kind of assertions uh, when under greater scrutiny uh, the uh, uh, the rebate simply doesn't hold up. And it will certainly not help those uh, who may use more fuel through no fault of their own, while at the same time completely disregarding what uh, the automotive industry is doing. That's creating more efficient vehicles. But uh, we're not going to get to those. Many of us can't afford new vehicles. Um, it may take several years because of the efficiency of current vehicles before we get vehicles that have lower emissions. So at the end of the day, uh, a great tax won't give you the money that you're spending or that you're putting out. Will probably lead to some businesses deciding to opt out, go somewhere else, what we call carbon leakage, but really won't do anything in terms of oh, total emissions. Will not reduce emissions. And so, I'm not sure if this is simply a tax grab, uh, but whatever the motive behind it, uh, I think the uh, the rhetoric uh, certainly doesn't meet the fact. Well, I mean, again, the the, the tweet is, while uh, we're making life more affordable this year, families in Manitoba, New Brunswick, Ontario, and Saskatchewan are receiving even more support, all while taking climate action. And your reply was, this, of course, is untrue, and most drivers, consumers, will face much higher costs that aren't considered. The price of diesel will climb six cents on the 1st of April, pushing up prices for everything. Don't forget their plan is to see you pay 12.5 cents more for gas and 15.2 cents for diesel. And this is year one. If they get reelected on the 21st of October, yeah. that's, that, that curve is going to become significantly more steep. Can you stay with us a little bit? I can. Okay. Okay. Let's, uh, Dan McTague is with us. The, I am. Uh, senior petroleum analyst for gasbuddy.com. Let's take a couple of calls here and, uh, my question is, fundamentally, do you believe the government, when they talk about when they when they talk about uh, carbon tax being, you know, good for us, and that you're going to get money back, uh, you'll actually get more money back than you pay in? Keith is in Langley, British Columbia, where, of course, the carbon tax has been a reality for some time. Hi, Keith. Hi, Roy. How are you? Good, sir. Go ahead, please. And Dan's on the line as well. Hi, uh, okay. Anyway, I think we're being duped. I think it's just a tax grab, and I don't. I, I just don't believe all they're saying. It's, it's obviously a tax grab. Right. Well, yeah, I think he's right. I mean, the, the BC example is probably is the oldest in North America. It's been around 10 years. And the government has clearly and, and candidly admitted that it's not revenue neutral. It has not reduced emissions. If anything, emissions in uh, the province of British Columbia have increased. That's well, that was, a, that was a point made by Chris Sims of the Canadian yes, Taxpayers. Exactly. exactly. And she was on so, the air with us last weekend about that. And she is. She and many others have, uh, you know, have 
pointed this out. Uh, it hasn't gone uh, you know, really noticed in the past. Now it has, thankfully, as the rest of Canada begins to approach this, uh, you know, the solution to everything. And it's a very complicated one because it's really predicated on a number of assumptions. And I, you know, I don't want to go down the road, uh, Roy, of being a meteorologist, climatologist. Uh, no, no, I hear you. Yeah. The, the, the question is, do you believe the government? That's the question. Dan, let me get Bill on the line in Toronto. Bill, go ahead, please. You know what? She truly is a Barbie girl living in a Oh, come on now. Come on now. No, no, seriously. Anybody that can spew the nonsense that comes out of this woman, I mean, it's ridiculous. She is... Okay, I don't know where you're going to go with this, so I'm going to stop you there. But uh, there's frustration, there's anger, then it gets personal, and it shouldn't. But... Yeah, look, I, the personal side, I'm, I'm a liberal. I have been for many, uh, 38, 39 years as a, working hard in the trenches. I just think this is bad policy. And even if we're intended to reduce climate, it's not going to. You're given so many exemptions. And at the end of the day, think the logic of this, Roy. You're telling people, go out, go out uh, you know, uh, continue buying gasoline, but you're going to get a rebate that'll cover that, and then a little bit more. It, it, it's it's bizarre. It uh, is bizarre. You're growing, you're growing money on trees. And show me the precedent, please. There is no precedent. Show me the precedent, please. The only precedent I can give you is my precedent, twice. And the rebates only went out to a certain number of people. It should have gone out to a lot more, especially those who were paying for home heating fuel, not people who were in prison necessarily, people who had passed away, or young people who were 19 years of age were living at their parents' home. You've got to make sure this this rebate works out well. That, too, is not planned out very well. The fact that they've waited until April 1st, uh, at a time when there'll be another five cent a liter increase as a result of the shift from summer to winter gasoline, uh, winter to summer gasoline, and oil going up, it's going to make a real mess of things, and they're going to wear it by October. All right, Wayne is in Calgary. Wayne, go ahead. Hi, thanks for the call. Yes, sir. Okay, Thank you for calling. Call, I should say. Um, so, if I'm not mistaken, and and on my utility bill, I had a sixty-one dollar carbon levy, and if I'm not mistaken, it's a good in service. So. Every time this goes up, the government then gets their 5% GST on top of it. Mm-hmm. So, Correct. I don't know how... And, and what reality is it can change from province to province to province, and it does. Yeah. Right. And then the second, second point is, if it is neutral, uh, revenue neutral, what does it cost, how many tax dollars to hire more people? Like, is that part of the calculation? The, now we're sending out checks, that's, that's more employees. Yeah. Uh, good questions, Wayne. Uh, the first one, of course, I'm in a province that has 13% HST. Next to me, uh, Quebec and the Maritimes, 15%. So the impact is going to be even greater. And none of that goes back to any type of program. It goes into public or general revenues for the federal and provincial government. So it does not uh, really fall, you know, does not meet the test the prime minister set, saying this is all revenue neutral and it'll create more money. They say it's going to create more money. What they're assuming is that, uh, you know, companies that are that are subject to uh, this carbon tax, uh, we'll be passing it on to Ottawa, and then Ottawa have a little bit more money to spend. The reality is that many of those companies will simply pack up and go south. Everybody's forth. going to pay more, and as you said, people, uh, companies will say, I'm not staying here, it's already happening, we know that, and some companies have already packed up, others have said they will, we've heard it on this program. Mr. McTague, thank you so much, and thanks for my being pleasure. patient with my uh, with my monologue at, th- at the top of the hour. No, it was well worth it, and uh, as important and, uh, as it is, uh, it's all about ha- helping others. Right? I'm glad you did it, and thanks for raising it. All right, thank you, Dan. Dan McTay. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green.
Have a great weekend.